This episode of The Tim Fowler Show is brought to you by Canvas. How long does it take you to measure and model an as-built? Probably more time than you'd like. Canvas replaces hours of manual measuring with a few minutes of scanning with your iPhone or iPad. And Canvas eliminates the hours, if not days, of taking your measurements and turning them into a 3D as-built or 2D floor plan, all for pennies per square foot. Try Canvas for free. Download it at www.canvas.io and use promo code RA22. Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about design and production. What happens when the job starts? With the help of special guests, Morgan Thomas and Candice Rania of Left Design Build in Sonoma County, California. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey, everyone. Tim Fowler here. And a follow-up episode today of the Tim Fowler Show. So keep the ideas coming in. Love to hear from people. Uh, let us know what you'd like us to get on and we'll make sure we do. So a few shows back, we had the design manager and production manager from Left Design Build in California come on and talk about how they've been working on their pre-construction process. And as we were wrapping up and the record button had been turned off, the design manager says, hey, we didn't get to talk about what happens after construction starts. So here we are today. We asked them to take a little more time out of their busy schedule and share some of these thoughts with us. We're hoping that it's just as great as what happens beforehand, but I guess we're going to have to wait and see. So they, like many of us, uh, worked really hard on that pre-construction process and, and it sounded to me like they got it working pretty well. But when construction starts, another set of challenges kind of shows up. And it may be as simple as a really small change. It could be some unforeseen condition that they didn't get to see in the pre-construction. It could be that the client who isn't used to looking at plans and things like that had a hard time seeing what they were really getting. And once it was finally built, yeah, they said, hey, I'm not sure I like that. And then, of course, there's a whole lot more and everybody out there can fill in the blanks on that. But it's a little bit. Well, let me just put it this way. Many times when I see that kind of situation in companies, construction, production has a lot of urgency. We got to have, we got to, we got to figure this out. And quite often design doesn't have that same urgency. And it isn't because they don't care. It's just that they've now got five or six other jobs on their plate they're working on. And so maybe that job in construction isn't quite as, uh, I don't know how to say it really, maybe not quite as important. So the question is, how do you keep this thing going, that great relationship between construction and design so that everyone gets what they need? And the everyone, I mean, the client, design and sales, and of course, the production team. So Steve, let's get started. All right, Tim, let's do it. Morgan Thomas is the production manager for Left Design Build in Sonoma County, California. She started with the company five years ago as project manager. 
and has been the production department manager for a year and a half. Morgan is proud of the buy-in that the production department has over the project's budget and feels that the production team's involvement during the project development phase has allowed the team to take ownership over the success of the project budgets and provide a better product to the client. Candice Rania is the general manager of Left Design Build. She has been with the company for seven years, having started as a senior designer and then moving into department management. As a team, Morgan and Candace have evolved the process to successfully and clearly involve production during the design phase and design during the production phase. Welcome to the show, Morgan and Candace. Thanks for having us. Excited to be here again. Thanks again. Again, yeah. So this is great to have you guys back. We love these follow-up conversations. And I, I said it a little bit funny in the introduction, but I am really grateful that, Candace, you spoke up and said, hey, we should talk about what happens after we get started. So I think you've been introduced. If anyone really wants more information, go back to the other episode, listen to that great information. So I really want to just kind of dig in. So maybe, uh, Morgan, why don't you start with this, then Candice can jump in. What are some of the challenges that pop up in the production process once the job gets started? And then we'll give, kind of give us some ideas, and then we'll get into like how you guys are working through them. Sure. I mean, I think our challenges will sound very similar to those that everyone's listening probably is experiencing as well. We have clients that are excited to have us, you know, on, on site and in their properties. And there's a lot of, while you're here, we'd love to tackle this other area that we didn't talk about yet. And so there's a lot of opportunity for expansion of scope through, um, you know, excited clients. We have, you know, unforeseen that come up all the time where we get into something and our best laid plan didn't work out and we have to modify and field based on some existing condition or some sort of constraint. We're dealing still with ongoing supply chain issues, having to pivot selections during the course of construction because things are getting delayed. So kind of a combination of all sorts of different things. We um, will tap in design uh, to help us navigate you know, client communication regarding change orders or, um, you know, infield changes that maybe aren't resulting in any monetary change to the client, but, you know, is a change in the design for some reason. So those things happen fairly irregularly with our project. <laughs> Good. Candace. Yeah, I'm, I'd love to echo exactly what Morgan said. Um, very true. We just, I just returned momentarily from a job walk this morning where I'm sitting over the clients and they're asking me about why I designed their radiant floor system to have a, you know, gas boiler and they want an electric boiler. And I call Morgan, I go, question, why wasn't this discussed in pre-production? And my only answer is I assumed an industry standard that's very common and I shouldn't have assumed, right? So there yeah. are some real time um, moments where we talk to each other and we have to work it out and, and figure out what's in the best interest of the homeowners, but also, you know, how to make sure that we're taking care of the health, uh, health of our uh, proposals and our contracts and our teams not causing a lot of delays. Um, but she always hits me with the right next question. Why didn't you discuss it during pre-production? So, so let's, just, let's just talk <laughs> about that because this is a golden, this is a golden example of production can just kind of, I don't know, go down the negative rabbit hole of like, hey, how come, how come they didn't do this? 
And sales design uh, may feel like, you know, there's a lot of pressure put on them because it sounds a little bit like the, the mistake was made upstream. How do you how do you work this out where the client is okay? I mean, maybe you even haven't had a chance to talk about this yet, but what this is a kind of an example of how of one of those things that can create a lot of division within a company because pardon me, but the production people tend to side with the client, you know, like how come, right? And uh, and so how do, how do you work this out? Candace, why don't you start on this? What how what would be the the sort of the mechanism for for working this kind of thing out? So Tim, that was a great question. And we haven't actually had a chance to check in with each other about it, but I think it's a perfect example of it just happened right before this podcast taping. Um, during the the walk with the clients where I'm learning this information in real time, I feel completely responsible for managing their expectation around any kind of change order or upcoming price increase due to this, this understanding of scope um, because our design team does sales and I'm able to be there and really advocate. I know what was included in the contract. This is why I included it in the contract with this way. So it's okay that I'm learning in real time that that isn't in line with their expectations. But now as a team with the homeowner included, the um, project manager was also on site. The superintendent was there with me. So, and then me representing design, the four of us plus the homeowners are having a real-time conversation of, are you okay exploring the cost increase of this now that we truly understand your intentions? What is the timeline? I look at the project manager and say, what's the timeline that we can get these questions answered as far as costs or implication of affecting the schedule? Is it something we need to know this week? Is it something we need to know by next week? So as a team, we can really negotiate timelines and deadlines. And then, um, of course, the minute I get in the car, I loop Morgan and say, uh-oh, I touched something that I wasn't supposed to touch on one of your projects. So I immediately show her a lot of respect of just updating her in real time with any advancements that are happening on the projects so that if for some reason from a build perspective or from a quality control perspective, she doesn't agree with the path that we're going um, down based off this new meeting feedback, she can instantly get looped in, reconnect with the project manager, and then I can help reset any client expectations. So it happens. It's very natural, but I think we have a good system in place when we deal with it. Morgan, to, comment? Yeah. So to piggyback on kind of what Candace is describing, having the designer who was also the salesperson who guided the clients through all that design development conversation come back out for those client resets um, really help the production team feel like they're a part of the solution. And then there's not so much of that animosity, like, well, design screwed it up. They didn't give us the accurate information because they're seeing the design team member come back out and engage, re-engage with the client to try and fix this, to fix the problem. Um, so it's really kind of a partnership between the design team member and then the production team to really figure out the best path forward, how it impacts the schedule, how it impacts the budget, how it impacts the client. Um, so having them be a part active participant in that conversation really helps because they have all the historical information and knowledge about the conversations that led to the plans that, that we're building from. So then being able to reference those design development conversations as part of that client, uh, expectation conversation is really, really helpful. I think it improves the client experience too, because there's that continuity where they're like, oh yeah, I remember that conversation. And you're right. We didn't talk about it being a heat pump. We, we just 
never mentioned that we were interested in it being a heat pump system. So it helps the production team feel like they're not there to clean up somebody else's mess, right? Mm -hmm. It kind of changes that dynamic a little bit where we're all focused as a team to resolve the issue in a way that makes the client happy, but that also is successful for the project to continue moving forward. So I think everybody feels supported by the fact that it's a team effort. Yeah. So one of the questions that comes up to me pretty regularly is how often should design come back out? And I uh, just kind of curious, my, I'll tell you what my answer tends to be. And my answer tends to be that the project manager or superintendent is in charge of the job. And if they want design to come out and be involved in a meeting, they should certainly invite them. But what cadence does Lef have with designers, salespeople being on site for meetings with the client? I'll take that one. Um, so we do absolutely. So internally, our team, the designer, both the senior designer and the interior designer who does all the selections and the superintendent, and the, which is our lead carpenter and the project manager all meet for like a half hour, just touch base to make sure that everybody has what they need to keep the project moving forward that week. And in that meeting, if they want a design representative, either the senior designer or the interior designer to attend the weekly client meeting, they will discuss that and pre-plan for that meeting if there's a specific thing that they want them to come out for. Um, so they are actively inviting the designers out as they see fit, the production team. But we do have built-in milestone walks where we are automatically assuming that the designers are coming out. So for electrical rough-in, before we pull wire, when the boxes get set to make sure that all of the recess locations, the switching locations are exactly as the designer had intended, that definitely will always happen. A framing walk usually happens too. Um, you know, not all of our projects are really heavy framing, but the ones where we're doing reframes, definitely they come out and make sure that this is what is in alignment with what they were, you know, setting the expectation with the client and what the design intent was. We also do tile layout walks. Once the tile setters are mobilized on site and the materials on site, the interior designer is coming out and doing layout with the tile setter. So there's a lot of key points that are just built into the, to the schedule that the design team is automatically planning on being on the job site for those moments. And the coordination for scheduling of those things is, is running through the project manager. Canvas's new measurement report gives you everything you need to estimate and quote a remodel, all with a few minutes of scanning a home. You'll get a detailed floor plan, along with information like floor and wall area, and the number and sizes of windows and doors, with none of the tedious measuring. Try Canvas for free. Download it at www.canvas.io and use promo code RA22. So Candace, I'm going to switch gears just a just a second here. One of the things that I've been talking a lot with companies about is the client experience. And I think Morgan actually used the, that terminology just a minute ago. But what I've started, what I struggle with is that um, during the sales design process, there's this active, you know, really deliberately working together tightly with the the client. And it feels like they will feel like like somebody loves them, I guess, is the way to put it. They just, they get a lot of attention. How do you think your production team kind of keeps that going through the production time? Because now 
we've got people who are focused on banging nails and building stuff and maybe not as engaged with the client in terms of that great experience. So give me, give me a little bit, you know, you're, you're coming from the design sales side. Give me a little bit about how your production team uh, helps to make that experience such a great one during the build. Yeah, for sure. And to answer that, Morgan's done a great job creating a very talented team. Not only are they just excellent builders, but there's a high level and concentration of focus on customer service. So she's slowed down. Not everyone is doing their own approach to client meetings. There is a left standard of how we um, operate the client experience and that we're all training and trying to just progress, not perfection, right? (laughs) To fine tune ourselves. So we have a system in place of, um, we do use the Sandler system for all of our meeting coordinations. Um, and that starts off with how you set up a meeting and how you, you know, finish and terminate a meeting. And that is stays consistent throughout our entire process. So sales is using that same structure and communication approach. Um, so is design. And then so is the, so are the project managers in their weekly client meetings. So the clients are getting all of this good uh, trust building and the faith um, imparted upon them. We do a great handoff to production with the homeowners where we're on site and we have meetings about logistics where we're going to park and what time can we arrive and what time can we clean up and can we feed your dogs out of our lunch boxes or not, right? <laughs> Just whatever the homeowners need to feel heard and celebrated. And then we put all of our good faith into these introductions and say, this is your new lead. This is the new me. This is the person, uh, your project manager is who you really need to be communicating with and they will tie me in. We meet every week behind the scenes. I'm still very much actively a part of it. I don't disappear. You'll see me out here, like Morgan said, on these key milestone job blocks. But in the meantime, all of the um, expertise and, and same level of customer service that you've been getting the entire time, you're now getting through this new, um, this new team member who's really advocating for your success through your project. And um, because I think we do use the same kind of structured organization approach, the clients feel heard, respected. They feel very little drop off between their experience is, is the results that we get out. We use build quality surveys. So we actually end up hearing a lot more compliments on the production end than the design end because those build qualities, they come in at the end of the project. And it's been so long since they've been in design that now their new favorite team is the production team. So we have a very talented group of project managers who just are passionate about what they do. And they're also just good humans, really kind, really fun to spend time with. And our superintendents are world-class. They really care about the projects. They care about getting their team set up to be successful with a lot of just respect and intentionality in those client meetings. And so they are, they participate and, and they care and they show that they care. Really, really good. I love that uh, that idea of it's not just about building, but it's about the customer experience and service yeah. as well. So, Morgan, I, I know there's a lot of time spent in the pre-construction process doing, working on the budget, just making sure the budget works for everybody. So, project manager has to like the budget, sales design likes the budget. So, what kind of coordination as you're going through the project does the design team and the production team have in terms of maintaining the budget, keeping to it. I think you mentioned in the last podcast that your slippage has dropped dramatically, and that can't be only because 
you're putting a little bit more money in there <laughs> up front. It has to also be like what's going on on the job site. So what's the connection during the job on budget between design and, and production? Well, there's a couple of avenues that we are doing budget management and communication with between the production and design departments. The first tool that we're using is we do we do a monthly cost to complete report where all of the project manager and the superintendent are making all of their projections for you know what it's going to take us to complete each of the you know scopes of work that we have lined out cost code by cost code and anything that comes out we meet I meet with my team and our uh, controller and we go through each project budget the second Wednesday of every month cost to complete um is coming up actually this week. <laughs> so every uh, month we'll meet, we'll review every single project budget with a fine tooth comb. The PMs are doing this management week by week. They're running the job costs every week towards the end of the week, but then we meet every month. And then I review those budgets with them. And then if there's any items where we're like, okay, we need to try and find a way this project's starting to go a little heavy handed in our finished carpentry. We'll loop the design team back in and, and try to find ways for them to work with us to try and bring costs back under control. Um, same thing with any kind of changes that are initiated on the site, the design team automatically gets involved and we'll say, Hey, this is discontinued. We need you to find another one that's within this dollar range. And so the project manager is doing a really good job communicating what the budgets are to the interior designer or the senior designer so that they know what parameters they have to work in for a rework if we're having to redesign anything during the course of construction. So it's really the PM's responsibility. They're very active in their budget management. And as long as they have a good handle on it and that they're communicating to the team, the team is super respectful of those parameters. And the design team works really hard to try and make those uh, budgets work. As long as they know what they're working with, they always uh, come through for us. So it, it seems to work out every once in a while. We can't seem to get it to work, but <laughs> for the most part, it does. <laughs> okay. So Candace, I, I, you know, one of the things that, that I've run up against with, again, working with a lot of different companies is it just feels like the design team, like they have a vision and it isn't about the amount of money necessarily. And so talk a little bit about how the designers respond to this idea. Hey, can you, can you do it a little differently? Cause we don't have that much money. Can you, can you give a little little comment about how they think about that at times? Yeah, I mean, advocating for the design development details to be, you know, top top notch and successful is their responsibility on right. on site. So there is those there will be those moments where we go toe to toe, and it's PMs and designers saying, "Hey, it wasn't in the budget," or "Hey, we we didn't know that that's exactly your vision." So we, we put money in there, but not all of the money it would take to actually execute this all the way. And then the designer says, well, we got to do it, right? It's what's in the best interest of the project. And so we do, usually by then, uh, Morgan and myself as, as managers get tapped in on the conversations um, whenever it really is that challenging. But usually there is a, a guidance through a, a collaborative team review of the issue. There will be some common ground that we can find that normally is a win-win for both. And if not, I mean, every once in a while we do just, you know, we're in a fixed price contract. Left has 
the responsibility to deliver as designed and deliver as promised. And that's where we introduce the slippage on the projects, right? So we do have a small tolerance for those things, but we do feel like it has to be well-proofed, well-organized, well-proven before we're so cavalier about making those kind of decisions. And you definitely need to get buy-in from um, management. So Candace, what role does design play in change orders as a general rule? I made a con- I made a note here that uh, I think it was, uh, I think Morgan said there's an expansion in scope and there's unforeseens. How's the decision made that we have to bring design back in or is it, or is it really pretty clear when design has to be brought back into that? Yeah. I mean, we were fans of change orders. And while we're here, if you want us to keep working for you and expand scope, by all means, yes, please. So we're not ever trying to detour from that happening. As long as it's an owner requested, owner desired change order, we're very happy to uh, fill that need. I agree with what you said earlier, where once it goes over into the production, they really own it. So the PMs must decide if there's a need for design. Okay. And then they are inviting the designers to participate in the conversations. And then at that point, are we charging time at time, their time hourly? Are we building it into the change order? What are the steps? Are further engineering needed? Are engineering costs can be associated? So those conversations are had um, internally, but really the PM is driving those discussions as much as possible and organizing the team that they need in order to feel like they can have a successful outcome. So the designer isn't allowed to go out there and just say, I've decided, so it's so. It is really um, based on the invitation of a project manager. And it's we're, we're trusting them and empowering them to make healthy decisions. And the design team, of course, is there to support, but not to take over. All right. So I, I, one of the things that comes up again in my conversations with a lot of different companies is that sales designers may go out to the job and say, Oh, you know, I think we ought to just do it this way and maybe not even think about a change order because they just like it looking a little bit differently. How do you, uh, Morgan, why don't you talk about how the project managers handle that uh, in, in working with the designers to make sure that they see the vision realized, but also maintain the budget? Candace is the queen of that. She's really good at well, how much better it would be if we did it just like this. <laughs> yeah, I did it this morning on framing already. <laughs> we, we joke a little bit that uh, designers aren't allowed to be on site unsupervised, which it's only like a half joke. Right. Um, we do want the PMs to always be there so that they can advocate for the budget and the schedule and all of those things so that designers aren't just walking through a job site making casual conversation with the carpenters, like their creative minds will and be like, Hey, wouldn't it be amazing if, and then there's nobody there to be like, it would be, if we had more time and we had more money, do you want me to have that conversation with the client at this week's meeting? Right. So the project manager is really the one that's supposed to be the stopgap for that to just kind of get, you know, uh, like off the rails. So usually we like to have at least a project manager always on site when the designer is there walking. So if they do see any opportunities where we could improve something, which we always want to take, right? And a lot of times our clients are like, oh, 
yeah, absolutely. Let's spend a little extra more time there if it would improve it in this way. Um, but we just want to make sure that the project manager is there so that they can capture the details and loop in any trade partners that might be affected and make sure that all the communication regarding that change gets issued the way that it needs to in order for it to be captured. So we try to always team them up. So this sounds like uh, about a a really well-known person in the remodelers advantage world who told the story numbers of times that he was not allowed on site unless the production manager was there as well. So it sounds like a really good uh, philosophy to have for a business like this. So we're going to try to kind of start wrapping this up a little bit, but I want to talk about completion, final completion. Like how does design and Candace, maybe you can talk about this. How do you and your team get involved in finishing that job up so that it doesn't drag on and just, uh, again, spend a lot of money at the end, just piddling with little things. What's your involvement in that? And then Morgan, maybe you can just talk a little bit when she's done about how production handles that to try to wrap these, these jobs up. Absolutely. So design does come out during the course of construction and at those key milestones, at minimum, those key milestone invitations. And while we're out there, we've empowered our design team to also be looking at quality control. Like don't just go out there and only look at the tile during the tile layout walk, look at everything, communicate about everything, help your PM and your superintendent get ahead of the curve. So if you see something, say something, right? Maybe not in front of the homeowner right away, don't cause a panic, but take some time off to the side and have an internal team conversation while you're out there. So ongoing punch list um, is really minimized by quality control every time that you're visiting, that everyone's on the same page for sure. Um, The other part of this is since our designers are salespeople, we use the punch list walk as a a representative of the sales team to have that final, if there's contract terms that are refreshed and remembered um, that we're entering into the warranty phase. And so, you know, what that transition means. So the designers actually help with the um, homeowner, the project manager, and the, the salesperson, the designer will do a job walk and make a punch list. And then we'll assign a dollar value to the completion of that item. Right. And then in our contract, the homeowners are allowed to retain 150% of that final dollar amount. So if all of us are working together to really try to have a zero punch, right? That's the dream. It's better for the company. It's better for the company's finances. It's better for the team. So we really do try to feel like the designers advocating that the quality is there, the finish is up to standards and that we're as close to a zero punch as possible because then we're withholding money from our company, withholding money from our you know profit share, anything else by having a, a never ending uh, punch list. <laughs> Okay. Morgan, how does the production team feel about somebody looking over their shoulder all the time? I mean, I think that they uh, appreciate the feedback. The guys, all my team is really passionate about like delivering a high quality product. And it's really easy to like overlook something because you've been staring at it for the last three weeks every day. And then you get a fresh set of eyes that comes in and see something that is really obvious that you've just overlooked. So I think they, they are they're welcoming of the feedback. They like to have the design team on staff to, to tell them what looks good and what doesn't. I think they appreciate the kudos as much as the, hey, let's tighten that miter up over there. Right. Um, so I think that they uh, appreciate the site visits. 
one thing we also are doing in advance of that client facing punch list walk, we're doing an internal pre-punch walk at least two weeks prior that um, the design team does get invited to. And then oftentimes items from that get assigned to a designer to follow through. Usually the interior designer is like chasing down little missing selections items at the very end. um, And those are getting checked in on at those weekly meetings that the whole team is checking in on the project. So the design team actually is an active participant in the punch list as well, because they often get assigned some of those punch list items as their own to-dos. So it's a team effort for sure. All right. Well, this has been super. Uh, So I love the fact that we were able to kind of look at the beginning in the last podcast and how do you guys work together to get everything ready for construction? And there's probably some other things we could have chatted about, but just the, the talking together about it, the team, I think, is kind of the central theme of this. And uh, I sure appreciate you guys being on it and uh, sharing this information with us. Yeah, we're thrilled to to be here and hope that your listeners are able to hone their processes and get a little bit of knowledge um, from what we, we are experiencing because where it's definitely been, you know, progress, not perfection, a lot of trial and error, and a lot of, you know, small improvements to have big rewards. But um, I think we're we're in a really good spot. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Great. Thank Take you. care. Tim, this is a, once again, we get to see, you know, this company operate at such a high level. And again, they keep making reference to the fact that it doesn't happen overnight, but they've gotten to this fantastic point of, um, you know, the word is not overlap. It's synergy between these two departments that make this work. Yeah. And I think one of the big things that came out of this for me was that they've spent some definitive, some real time training people. We asked about you know, the client meeting and the idea that everybody runs that meeting the same. And then it was mentioned that we do it by this, by the Sandler system. And so it isn't just, hey, I'm having a meeting with a client, but there's a way that it's being done that flows through the entire project, which, you know, I'm big on training and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's a fantastic uh, thing that they've done. I really like the emphasis of the whole team thinking about budget. In other words, instead of it just falls on the project manager and the production manager, where the project manager has that primary you know, responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think Morgan said he's looking at that cost to complete or that budget thing every week. Then they do something, that meeting once a month. And then as they are seeing places where they need to do some improvement, they're bringing design in and and having those conversations. So it's not just left to the end of the job to have a knockdown drag out about what did work and what didn't work, but it's this constant repetition. And so I mentioned this in a meeting the other day, that if you have a six or eight or 12 month project, why didn't you deal with that problem in the first two weeks or first two months rather than wait till the end and then bring it back up and talk about it? I think that's a, a huge thing they're doing and, and making that work. Yeah. And Tim, when you don't have respect in an organization or you don't have empowerment by employees, I think egos can fill the void. And what I think is important here is that they are so allowed and, and strengthened by the process here that they everyone is allowed to give each other feedback. And obviously it's not easy. 
and it's probably not as smooth as it sounds, but, you know, they were openly able to make a joke here and there, but, you know, they're able to say, you know, something like that miter, tighten it up over there, things like that. And, you know, it, that is so, so wildly important in an organization where people were able to give each other constructive criticism. Respect. So this was, this was another major theme all the way through was the communication. Yeah. And so, you know, the designer goes out, they're talking to the project manager and the superintendent. I think the kudos were mentioned, you know, there are a lot of good going on, but Hey, how about this over here? And I like to use the illustration. There's some crazy commercial on about some lady that opens up her trash can in the kitchen and it turns into a dumpster. And the comment is, you know, you think your kitchen smells fine, but to your friends, it smells like this. And because and they use the point that you're nose blind. Well, I think we're, we're job blind. I think those of us who work on jobs are often job blind. And so having someone else come out at regular intervals and talk about what they're seeing and what they think could be improved a little bit, but also then, you know, given the kudos is a huge thing to happen within a company. And then for the the production team, just a lot of, um, I don't know, I guess kudos, we'll call it, for being receptive, you know, for listening and, uh, and continuing to uh, embrace that kind of feedback from the design team. Yeah. Well, this has been absolutely fantastic. Once again, we're so happy that Morgan Thomas and Candice Rania were able to join us today. We thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And so I'm going to break a little tradition here because we usually say we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. But what I want you to think about is here's a couple of uh, great leaders within their business that haven't just talked about forgetting it is what it is. They're actually making it happen. Take care, everyone. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.